This is Among the Stacks, produced by the Allen County Public Library in Scottsville, Kentucky. The podcast where you learn what we're reading and recommending and the library news. Hello, welcome to Among the Stacks. This is Miss Amanda. And I'm Chelsea. And today, I'm doing my voice weird, and today we're here to talk about different things that are going on at the library, um, some successful programs we've had, new programs coming up, and just lots of stuff. I'm really excited to talk about um, our most checked out books of the year. That was a fun report that we ran Mm -hmm. earlier, and not surprising on some levels. Um, And then we're also going to mention a couple of our most memorable reads that we have read ourselves. So... I'm excited to start off with Santa was here, Chelsea, on Friday of last week. Yes. He he was was so great. Yes. Mm -hmm. He was so good. Santa came and Mrs. Claus was there and a couple of her elves. And then we had different partners who came and did different activities with the children. Um, But there was one little boy, Chelsea, who you just loved. I did. He was so excited. I've never seen any kid. I don't know. He might have been the most excited out of everyone that came. Would you agree? I agree. He came up to me and he was like, "Um, is Santa really here? And I was like, yeah, he's here. And you couldn't really see. We had him kind of tucked away in a corner. Um, He goes, is he the real Santa? And I was like, I have it on good authority that this is the real Santa Claus. And I'll tell you how I know he's real. And he's like, hell, how's he? How do you know? And I said, he has a belt that says Santa. Oh, that's the real Santa. He was just <laughs> so cute. Um, I think his little, he had a brother that wanted to, um, like his Christmas wish was he wanted his uh, front two teeth back because he was pretty yeah. snaggled too. <laughs> but it was just a really cute evening. We had about 200 people um, that came to visit yeah. Santa and listen to stories, and which is a really good event. Goodie bags and books and stuff to take home. Yeah, it was a really good turnout. So I'm glad yeah. that that went well. Um, Chelsea, what kind of other programs do you have going on? Um, we just, this week we did a macrame ornament class, which, um, the weather kind of hampered one of those events and kept people home, but we had three people show up to our first workshop and, um, we did a star and a Christmas tree Mm -hmm. and I had done both of them, not thinking how long it would take. The star took, um, two hours (laughs) but I kept saying y'all can leave it anytime and I'll show you the video you can work Mm -hmm. on it at home they're like no it's all right we're good and they just stayed (laughs) and we got them all done um so that was fun and then this next week on the 12th I believe is that Monday Yes, yeah. that's right. We're going to have um, a cricket workshop. So in our makerspace downstairs, we have a cricket, and we're going to be showing how to make a vinyl decal. So um, every person can bring something they want to stick a decal on, and mm-hmm. we will they'll each get one sheet of vinyl, and they can make their own decal. And I'll show them how to cut it out and put it on their um, their object, what it, their object, yeah. whatever they got. <laughs> that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, that's going to be fun. That's almost full. There's still a couple spaces open for the one o'clock class, I believe, if anybody wants to snag those. And I'm sure we'll offer more of those type classes after the new year. For sure. I'm planning on doing a, um, like a card making for Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. Well, because that, the Cricut can do all kinds of paper stuff. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Pretty fancy. So we'll do something like that in in, um, February. 
or end of cool. January, beginning of February. Awesome. But also, I have by popular demand, <laughs> I'm bringing back one of my old programs. We kind of stopped because of COVID and it's mm-hmm. hard to, it involves food. So it's hard to share food when you're worried about COVID all the time. Right. But, um, we're bringing back our cookbook club mm-hmm. and our meeting will be in February, but you'll have all January um, to look through the book. So keep your eyes peeled for that ad on Facebook and our calendars and stuff. So you can pick up a copy, uh, stop at the desk, sign up if you want to participate. And that's a lot of fun. There's several ladies that have asked me since COVID hit, are you going to start that back up? When's that going to be back? When are we going to have that back? It's always so well attended too. Yeah. Um, Do you know what kind of food you're going to make this next time? I know usually you have a set thing. Yeah. This, the cookbook we are, I selected was called, um, well, now I can't think of it, but it's more like of a healthy, I always try to start the year with like a healthy cookbook because yeah. most people are trying to do watch with their the figures yeah. and do do good in January. So I think it's called Well-Plated uh, Cookbook. Okay. Um, but it looks really good. Like it has, um, they're not crazy recipes because I, I hate those recipe books that call for like 50,000 ingredients. Yeah. And you're just like, ugh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like things that you can use in your Instapot or um, like your new kitchen contraptions Appliances, that are coming out. Yeah. yeah. So awesome. um, lots of good things in there. So good. if you're interested, you can let us know. And it's anything with food is always you know, well attended too. So mm-hmm. yummy, yummy. Well, I am, um, I forgot that I'm taking vacation this month. And so because of that, and we're just kind of short staffed here at the end of the year, um, we're going to have one more week of regular programs and then I'm taking a break. And um, For the children's I, department. Right? For the children's department. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's what I know so far. It's just my department uh, with the 12 and under group. But that does include toddler time, preschool story hour, and youth homeschool enrichment. Um, so this is going to be a good reset for me to, you know, get ready for the new year and think of some new ideas for each program. And um, I look forward to seeing everybody again back in January. But what I'm really excited about is um, <clears throat> we always tend to lose that group of kids that's between like 10 and 12 years old. Mm-hmm. And you know, they're kind of getting too cool to do the young kids stuff, but they're too young to really partake in the teen department activities. So one night I was, you know, sleeping so well. And then I just woke up. It was like 3 a.m. in the morning and I need my little notebook by my bed to write down these ideas. But um, I woke up at three o'clock and I was just like the in-betweens. So I'm going to start a program in January It'll be Monday evenings uh, when I work here that evening, and it'll be around 3.30 when parents can drop their uh, t- their tweens off, um, but they're going to be with here with me for an hour, hour and a half, depending on how long they can stay, mainly as kind of being a help to me in preparing programs, making displays, really being involved in the library and how to use it, mm-hmm. and then once a month, I'm wanting to treat them with a fun activity or food or something like that. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be the in-betweens, um, and I think we'll start that the first Monday in January. So I'm really looking forward to that program. That's exciting. I know, because I want to make sure that we're not 
continually skipping that group of kids because yeah. sometimes in the teen years you do have a drop off and because they just haven't really been around the library much, you know, in that tween stage. So if we can keep, you know, them from pre-K through grade school, let's keep them going through their uh, middle grade and high school years too. So hopefully Absolutely. it's a good turnout and we want a lifelong um you know, lifelong readers here to be here at the library. Mm-hmm. All right. Agreed. Well, what was your most memorable book that you read, Chelsea, of this year? <laughs> I don't think I discussed this book before. I hope I haven't. Okay. I might have mentioned it. But my most memorable read was a book called The Wave. And we had to read this for... Uh, <laughs> I had a summer reading program. I, I know what you're fixing before. to say. This cracks me up. Um, the subtitle was called In Pursuit of the Rogues, Freaks, and Giants of the Oceans. And this book has just completely freaked me out. And um, it's called Reoccurring Nightmares. And <laughs> <laughs> like it was a good book. It was interesting because it's a lot about like surfers and just a little bit about like global warming and stuff, but right. it has freaked me out because there is a thing called rogue waves and right. they happen and it's not just tsunamis. It's just, you can be out in the ocean and just a random wave can come up. They don't know why they don't right. know how to predict them. And they just, they're like wreck havoc on like cargo. Super dangerous. Like a lot of it's not reported and yeah. <laughs> because if a ship's just out there and it's just, lost right they don't know what happened to it it's just gone but a lot of times they're like it's probably rogue waves that Mm -hmm. took them out Mm -hmm. and recently there was a story about a cruise ship off the southern tip of south or south america Mm -hmm. and they got hit by a rogue wave which Mm -hmm. is a rogue wave if you don't know is classified as any wave twice the size of the waves around it okay so they were hit this cruise ship was hit broke the glass and the glass killed Mm. someone on the ship yeah it's awful so that just made me even scareder and i'm supposed to be going to the beach in about a month and i'm so scared (laughs) of just being on the my dreams are always that i'm at my hotel on the beach and just this random wave comes up and wipes us out so (laughs) hopefully that will not happen i'm hoping and praying that there's no waves no Crazy volcanoes. Right. No. There's magma everywhere right now. No, I don't know. <laughs> There's just a lot that could happen. There and is. I just learned one this book taught me one more thing to be worried about. Right. And, it, <laughs> and you don't need anything else on your plate. To I don't be need anything about. else to worry about. But this this did it. <laughs> That's so funny. But it's interesting read if you do like that kind of thing. If you're not freaked out by the the ocean yeah read it it's good <laughs> was it a non-fiction then i guess talking yeah about it's all non-fiction i think we okay. have the audiobook on libby okay if you awesome. read it. my most memorable read and i'm not going to talk about it because i've already mentioned it in a podcast episode before but it was remarkably bright creatures um mm-hmm. by shelby van pelt and anyone that i have suggested that book to since i've read it has checked it out read it and loved it so i think it's not just me that loves it's, that book. Anybody it's else? It's on our book has, display right now, too. Yeah, so. it's just a really great read. Um, so check that one out for sure. I did read a book last month. I've got to get back on my reading game. But I read a book. It's a historical fiction book uh, called Horse. And it's by Geraldine Brooks. She's a good author. I yeah. read a book by her in college about the bubonic plague. And it was really good. I had never read her. So this is my Mm -hmm. first Geraldine Brooks read. 
Um, but it takes place in three different time periods. You've got Kentucky in 1850, you have New York City in 1954, and Washington, D.C. in 2019. So all very different places, all, you know, very different time periods. But of course, there's going to be a connection somewhere. Um, and it's obviously about a horse. That's the title. Um, but you... You know, one one segment, uh, one setting, it involves a slaved groom who has a really strong bond with a horse. Uh, this horse ends up setting um, record-setting victories across the South. And then the Civil War happens, and the horse and the enslaved man get kind of disjointed. Um, that's one part of it. Um, the 54 setting, that which is in uh, New York City, you have a lady named Martha Jackson. She owns a gallery, an art gallery, um, and she's known to take risks on edgy contemporary uh, painters. And she becomes obsessed with this 19th century oil painting of a horse. So <laughs> there's that connection there. And then you have present day more so of 2019 which is my favorite setting in the book, I guess because I just can relate to these this generation better. Uh, but you have Jess and Theo. Jess is a Smithsonian scientist who studies bones, which I think is so cool. And Theo is a Nigerian-American art historian. Um, they find themselves, these two, um, they're connected through a shared interest in a horse. And she's studying the bones of a horse He's studying an art piece from a horse. So through all of these interconnections, you see the similarities, but each different setting really has a you know its own story in itself. But seeing how they're all connected is really, really cool. So I would recommend Horse by Geraldine Brooks. I love the setting in Lexington, Kentucky. You know that's right. You know, really close to home. And if you like the Derby or you know anything like that, it's a um, just a neat thing to look at. Yeah. Sounds it was good. good. It was great. Awesome. Awesome. Now, you did a report earlier today. Yes. I want to do this every year, but I always <clears throat> am like, I don't know how to run this report to figure this information out. But we figured but it out. We figured it out today. Mm -hmm. So, I ran a report to see what books checked out the most this year. Mm -hmm. To see who's our most popular author, what mm -hmm. everybody's reading, all that jazz. Right. So, I didn't think of who it would be. I, I didn't really have any preconceived notion. But after seeing the results, I was like, oh, yeah. We were like, yeah. oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, our number one checkout book, which had been checked out 14 times. Was, in one year, which is a lot. Mm -hmm, well, it was added to our system in February. So, okay. it hasn't, it haven't even had it in the system for a year yet. Yeah. Um, 14 times, it's Reminders of Him by Colleen Hoover. Colleen she, Hoover. She She's was our number one, number one author, I would say. Um, yeah. Because of the top five, she has four. Four. <laughs> four books. <laughs> so our well, number I read one. something. I heard. I read something. You know, recently, uh -huh. she has sold more books this year than uh, James Patterson, and I believe it was Stuart Woods combined. So sure. it's crazy how how yeah. popular she's gotten. Yeah. Who was in that number two slot? Honestly, of this top list that I have here, it's all women authors. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Except David Baldocki mm -hmm. and Mike Lapica. 
No idea. Is that how you say his name? Anyway. No idea. So go girls. But um, of our top books, well, I'll just go down the list. So number one was Reminders of Him. Number two was a pop- an author that became like crazy popular this year just by a random coincidence someone just asked just asked for some books by this author and it just took off like wildfire her name Mm -hmm. is Anne hazelwood is the author Mm -hmm. and um it's books about quilts like the center of the book is quilt making so i wonder uh, do you know for like cozy mysteries at all i think they are i think so i think there's a little bit of little bit of mystery a little bit of maybe romance and stuff yeah but but um, those two they really just took off yeah so the number two book it was Lily Lily Girl's Christmas Quilt. So that was number two. Okay. Number three was Ugly Love by Colleen Hoover, mm-hmm. uh, which was tied with two other Colleen Hoover books. Right. Layla. Layla and It Ends With Us. Okay. Most had 12 checkouts. She so. is just on the ball. Everyone was in love with her. <laughs> yeah. Year. I've read a couple of her romances, and I'm not going to say... Don't check her out. I'm just not a huge fan. Um, but, you know, everybody has their own interest, and that's great. I'm glad that she is getting lots of checkouts. Good for her. Yeah. Well, you know, th- there's a principle in library science that we both have learned. Mm-hmm. Every book a reader, every reader a book. That's so. right. Good job. <laughs> well, that let me wonderful. pull that out of my graduate school. <clears throat> yeah. It's in it's in my <laughs> filing cabinet somewhere. Yeah. I had just forgotten that little thing. Yeah. Good so, job. Just because right. it wasn't for you, there are there's lots of people that absolutely. Do and so if I'm you sure. want, if you Go want ahead. a recommendation for something else, we are here to help you. That's right. Because there are lots of other authors that can fill that uh, hole after you read all of Colleen Hoover's books. Well, you had a really good display a couple mm-hmm. of months ago. It was like reads like Colleen Hoover, and even those. Yeah. I mean, you had a lot of checkouts from that display. Yeah, so. it checked out a lot. They weren't necessarily her books. It was just similar authors. So that was really good. Yeah. All right. So well, what else do we have to say, Chelsea? Are we about done? I think we're done. Awesome. Well, Christmas is right around the corner. We hope everybody has a happy holiday. And I think we will have one more episode before um, the new year. So we look forward to hearing all of those. And, you know, we hope you listen to us again soon. Yeah. All right. And we'll see you again among the stacks. Goodbye. You've been listening to Among the Stacks, a podcast produced by the staff of the Allen County Public Library in Scottsville, Kentucky. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to seeing you among the stacks.